Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. I'm inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. If you're a return listener, you're part of the listening family, and we're so glad that you have come back again. If you are a brand new listener today, we're glad that you have joined with us. If you have downloaded this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus from our website or from the radio website, we're so glad to have you with us today as well. And uh, for those of you that uh, uh, have never, ever, ever been been part of this broadcast. We, we, we hope that you won't turn the dial right now. If you don't know Jesus, do not exempt yourself from this broadcast because I believe you're going to learn more about the God uh, that has loved you enough to give His Son and the Son who has loved you enough to give His life on the cross for you today. And as we study the Bible, uh, uh, scripture by scripture, uh, we believe that you're going to get an understanding of this book that can become so mystical and so kind of overwhelming when you try to take it all in at once. But if we take a systematic Bible study uh, of subjects uh, through the scriptures, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to guide us and lead us, and we're going to see what God wants us to see, hear what God wants us to hear. Hallelujah. So uh, there's a scripture that says, open thou mine eyes, O Lord, and show me wondrous things out of thy law. Hallelujah. So open the eyes of my heart became a, a, a hit gospel song uh, because of that scripture. So we pray the eyes of your heart and the eyes of your understanding uh, will be enlightened today as we study about eternal values, declaring eternal values in a world preoccupied with time. Uh, Romans 8.18 is our our springboard, our our jump-off text into this study. And it's the words of the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans, a man who uh, wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, if you include the book of Hebrews, which there's some controversy, but most scholars believe that Hebrews was indeed Paul's letter. Uh, but he was a man with great spiritual credentials, used mightily of God, and he was also under very heavy persecution his entire life. And this is the way he analyzed the persecutions he was under. And let me just give you a glimpse of them. He said, I was given in uh, 39 stripes of the Jews on five occasions uh, he was beaten within an inch of his life, literally. The reason they stopped at 39 in that beating is because people would go into shock if they continued and they would die. And it was not meant to be uh, that kind of punishment, a death penalty, but to beat them so badly that they would never do whatever they were beating them for. And in Paul's case, it was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
three, five times he was stripped to the waist and he was whipped within an inch of his life. Three times he was beaten with rods and there is no amount of, of, of licks given there. He was beaten with rods. Uh, he was shipwrecked. He was in the deep for a day and a night. He was among false brethren, he said. Uh, he, and, and the, he was stoned and left for dead. And when they had, had threw so many stones against your body and your head that they thought you were dead, uh, then, then they, they have, they have hurt you badly. But he got up, he went on and was preaching the gospel in another city the next you hear of him. He didn't do like a turtle and pull his head into his shell and say, this is what I get for preaching. I'm not going to continue to do it. He continued to preach the gospel and to do it with joy. This is an incredible thing. And he called all of these things that occurred in his life. He said, but these light afflictions, which are but for a moment. You can see the eternal value system that he had that helped him go through all of these things. He said, this is just something happening in time. And where I'm headed is for eternity. And what I'm living for is eternal. So this is what he said. And it gives us a perspective and an insight into his mindset. Romans eight eighteen. He said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. One paraphrase says, and I like it, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will give us later. And I've often said it, sometimes to get through this day, uh, you've got to look and see that day that is coming. And believe me, that day will come. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm living for that day while I'm ministering on this day. I want to do everything I can for the Lord for as long as I can. But I am looking past this day to that day that is soon to come. It's soon to come because Jesus is coming soon. And it's soon to come because life here in time is a very short journey. Amen. I, I never, I, you know, I almost blink my eyes and here I am 70 years old and I just, uh, you know, it just, how did, how did I get this old, this fast? <laughs> Amen. Some of you know what I'm talking about and you that are in your 80s saying, hey, son, that 70s, nothing. <laughs> Amen. You're still a young man. They asked George Burns, uh, are they about uh, having a president that was, uh, over 70 when Ronald Reagan was president. And of course, George Burns was about to turn 100. And he said, old? Why, he's just a kid. Well, I may be just a kid to somebody, but I, uh, I sense the passing of time and how short this lifespan is and how vitally important it is to not just live for time, but to live for eternity. Amen. I want to read you about that, how this works in the Old Covenant, Hebrews chapter 11, 8 through 10. Listen to what it says. It says, By faith Abraham 
when he was called to go out to a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. Verse 10 of another version says, For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And Abraham did this in one paraphrase, uh, because he was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. How could Abraham be so blessed and rich materially and yet not fall into the trap of materialism? How could he stay so focused on things above when he could have acquired so many things beneath? Because he looked past the palaces of the earth and looked for a city of God. Abraham looked for what he longed for, a celestial city with no wreaths of death, no murder, no disease, no terrorism, no tempter, an eternal city filled with God's glory. He didn't feel at home in this world anymore. I believe God is going to bless His people financially, bless us that we might be a blessing and materially. The Bible is clear and concise about those issues. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, shaken together, pressed down, and running over, men shall give unto your bosom. But no matter how blessed we become materially, if we as Christians start to feel at home in this world, we should take warning. We used to sing that great Christian hymn of the faith, looking for a city. Here among the shadows in a lonely land, we're a band of pilgrims on the move. And the chorus says, looking for a city where we'll never die, where the sainted millions never say goodbye. There we'll meet our loved ones and our Savior too. Come, O Holy Spirit, all our hopes renew. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to what the New Testament, speaking of Bible patriarchs, says in Hebrews eleven, thirteen through 16. It said, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims upon the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. 
If it were not true, I would have told you in my Father's house there's many mansions. God has prepared a city for us to live with Him throughout all eternity. And we, as the children of God, knowing that He is, that He exists, and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him, knowing that we're going to live somewhere forever, and knowing where that somewhere is going to be. Hallelujah! We should be living for eternal things. Amen. That's why the Bible said in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4, I'm just going to quote part of that. In Colossians 3, it said, If you be risen with Christ, literally, if you've been born again, if you've passed from death to life through the new birth, through coming to Christ as your Savior, repenting of your sin, receiving Him as your Lord and Savior, if you be risen with Christ. <laughs> Amen. You are to seek those things above where Christ sits on the right hand of God and not the things beneath or the things of the earth. And secondarily, it says in verse 2, set your affections on things above and not the things of the earth or the things beneath. This is so important. And then verse 4 says, And then mortify your members which are upon the earth. Don't let your flesh, that is only concerned with the temporal and the material, take precedence in its longings for temporary pleasure, many times at the expense of the eternal and the spiritual in our life. We should be living above the temporal and the material. We should be living for the spiritual and the eternal as the children of God. Someone put it this way, he is no fool that gives up what he cannot keep to obtain that, that he can never lose. Amen. One translator said, they have turned, they could have turned back to the good things of this world, but they didn't because they were living for heaven. Praise God. Friend of mine today, if you're living for heaven's glory, you're living to serve God. If you're living for heaven's glory, you're living uh, in, in anticipation of Christ's soon return. If you're living for heaven's glory, you're living with a longing for your true eternal home. If you're living for heaven's glory, you are living to please the Lord not to please the flesh, and not to please others. If you're living for heaven's glory, you're living a victorious Christian life. And you will overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. And if you are living for heaven's glory, you long to see and share God's glory here and forevermore. Praise God. In relation to that city, that we should be longing for. Revelation 3 and verse 12 says, He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no, go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. John saw that city that God has prepared for you 
and for me. And, and, uh, and when Paul got a glimpse of that place that we're going to live eternally, that God hath prepared for us, he was never the same. In fact, after that experience, the Apostle Paul said, I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Literally translated from the Greek, it would say far better there than here. In other words, there's no city on the face of the earth, no palatial home on the face of this earth that can compare with what he saw that God was preparing for his children to live with him eternally. You see, the Apostle Paul said, I knew a man whether in the flesh or out of the flesh, I know not. He didn't know whether he was physically brought, transported there, or whether he was taken out of his body for a time and taken there in spirit. But he said such a one was caught up into third heaven. And I saw things that I cannot utter. I saw things that are literally uh, almost indescribable. John saw the holy city in Revelation 21, 1 through 5. And listen to what he said about it. He said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Hallelujah. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true, and these words are faithful. You know, the Bible said, as Christians, we are to set our affections on things above and not beneath. We're told as believers in Christ not to love the world nor the things that are in the world uh, because the world passes away and the lust thereof for all that's in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, it all passes away. But he that does the will of God abides forever. The Bible spoke of us as pilgrims and strangers that we are not permanent citizens of this earth, but we are, in fact, permanent citizens of heaven and of that holy city. The scriptures say in the New Testament that our citizenship is in heaven. Amen. That right now, while we are living upon this earth, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life and, and recorded in the New Jerusalem. <laughs> While we're yet here upon the earth, our names are recorded as citizens of heaven. And that's why the scriptures teach us 
I believe it's First Peter, Second Peter. I beseech you, brethren, as pilgrims and strangers, <laughs> abstain from fleshly lusts that war against your soul. That means don't let the flesh rule and reign because its only concern is temporal satisfaction. How many people and, and someone may be heartbroken listening today because you had a family, you had beautiful children, you had a, a wonderful wife, and yet you chose that temporal pleasure for that forbidden fruit of an affair that cost you your marriage, cost you your relationship with your children, cost you your relationship with your wife, and, and cost you your fellowship relationship with God. Oh, friend of mine, today, don't live for the temporal things, the temporal things that are transient, that are passing. Live with an eternal value system, and it will help you to overcome. I'm telling you, if you're that person with that broken marriage and that broken heart, God is a healer of broken hearts. He is the helper of those that stumble and fall. Remember the great song, It Is No Secret, what God can do, what He's done for others, He'll do for you. With arms wide open, He'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. The wonderful thing about repentance, dear friend, is it allows God to bring restoration. And God loves to bring restoration to the penitent and the repentant soul to those who will come to Him and open their life to Him and confess their sin before Him and turn from it. Oh, friend, God can heal the break in your heart, the ache in your heart. And He's a master of restoring to you all that the enemy has stolen. And not just the enemy by defrauding us and deceiving us, but our own weak flesh. And one thing that he wants today is a buffer against temptation and a buffer against these things to help us to overcome is to help us to get an eternal value system. If you're a Christian, you've been risen with Christ. And if you are risen with Christ, the Bible said, seek those things above. Colossians Chapter 3 and verse 1. Seek those things above where Christ sits on the right hand of God and set your affections. This is important as we close today. If you don't set your love on things above. See, that's what Jesus talked about. Because the, the world wants you to love it and the temporal things and the temporal pleasures that it offers rather than setting your affection on that that is eternal. Again, I want to say he is no fool who gives up what he can't keep to obtain that that he can never, ever lose. Praise God. You know, Paul had that eternal value system all the way to the end. And when he was ready to be martyred for the sake of the gospel and for the cause of Christ, to be beheaded, to give his life. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. I am ready 
to be offered up. And that relates to the drink offering in the Old Covenant, where the drink offering was poured out before the Lord to the last drop. And Paul was saying, my life is poured out to the last drop and it's okay because I am ready to be offered up. You can see the the covenant language, the sacrificial offering language uh, in Paul's perspective. The time of my departure is at hand, not my demise, but my departure. You know, that word departure is in the nautical senses when a ship is is loosed from its moorings to set sail. Or an army in the military sense uh, breaks camp to march to their de- designated destination. It is not an end. It is a transition to a brand new place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Leaving the temporal for the eternal. Going to a place that Paul longed for with all of his heart. I'm ready to be offered up. (laughs) Amen. I've fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. And here's that eternal value system that look past the moment to the eternal reward that awaited him. Surely there is a crown laid up for me. There's a reward awaiting me and not me only, but all those who love his appearing. You see, everyone that would love for Jesus to return today are ready to go to Jesus if he should call us home today. The same expectation absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's why Paul said, So death, where's your sting and grave? Where's your victory? In 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven and 58, death is swallowed up in victory. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God is going to reward us eternally. And though we suffer many things in this present world, this present world is but a moment in time comparatively, but a millisecond. Oh, friend, but eternity is forever, age without end. And God hath prepared for us an eternal abiding place, the new Jerusalem. God hath prepared for us a city. Here among the shadows we used to sing years and years ago in great camp meetings, we're a band of pilgrims on the move. Hallelujah. I'd like to have that come back to our perspective today in this 21st century church world that we would set our hearts On things above. For where a man's treasure is, the Bible said there is where his heart is going to be also. So Jesus taught, lay up your treasures in heaven where the thief can't steal it, where the moth can't eat it up and the rust can't corrupt it. For where a man's treasure is, there is where his heart is going to be. If your treasure 
is Christ, if your treasure is the holy city living forever, eternal life, your heart is going to be set on things above and not things beneath. And today I'm speaking to someone that's struggling with temptation, struggling with the pull of the flesh toward the temporal, the material, the pleasures of sin for a season. And the season, I might add, is very, very, very short. Oh, friend, but today God is calling us to look up. Hallelujah. Amen. To get that upward look, that anticipation in our heart of the soon coming of Jesus Christ and to begin to live our life in the light of the soon coming of Jesus and to begin to develop a new value system that is eternal and is spiritual and begin to sing that great song in our heart I can't feel at home in this world anymore No matter how much God grants me here, how He blesses me materially, this world is not my home. I am only passing through because I'm looking for a city up above. Oh, friend, today in this world with so many things to distract us, so many things to attract us, I believe God wants what He has prepared for us to come into view, to transcend all the kingdoms of the earth. Amen. That we might, with the saints of old, look for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. So if you don't know Jesus today, look away from the world, come to Christ, receive Him as your Savior, and be a citizen of that eternal city. Oh, friend, and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.